The Daily 202's Big Idea is sponsored by U.S. Bank, the power of possible. Learn more at usbank.com newsroom. Good morning. I'm James Holman from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Tuesday, October 31st. In today's news, Facebook admits that the Russians reached 12 times more users with their propaganda than they previously admitted. A judge deals another setback to Trump, this time on transgender troops in the military. And to keep their hopes for reform alive, Republicans on Capitol Hill are trying to come up with a compromise to phase in corporate tax cuts. But first, the big idea. The ghost of Paul Manafort haunts the White House this Halloween. By unveiling the first batch of criminal allegations to come from probes into Russian interference in our political system, Bob Mueller proved Monday that he is not messing around. The former FBI director has played his cards carefully since his appointment in May. He's clearly turning over every rock to see what crawls out from underneath. And unafraid to play hardball, he's being strategic in showing his hand. Since President Trump likes alliterative nicknames, maybe the special counsels should be Methodical Mueller. You surely know the news by now. Paul Manafort, the former Trump campaign chairman, and his longtime protege, Rick Gates, were charged in a 12-count indictment with conspiracy to launder money, making false statements, and other charges in connection with their work advising a Russia-friendly political party in Ukraine. But the biggest bombshell, the real October surprise, is that former Trump foreign policy advisor George Papadopoulos agreed to a plea deal and admitted to making a false statement to FBI agents about his contacts with foreigners, claiming to have high-level Russian connections. If you've got some time today, it really is worth sitting down and reading the charging documents and the plea deal. There's lots of eye-opening details, especially what Papadopoulos admits to. Looking forward, here's one name that should really be on your radar that maybe you didn't read about in the coverage yesterday, and that is Sam Clovis. Sam Clovis was Trump's national campaign chairman. He's a former Iowa talk radio host, a social conservative activist, a failed Senate candidate. But right now he is awaiting Senate confirmation to serve as the top scientist for the U.S. Department of Agriculture. His confirmation hearing is expected next week. Clovis's attorney confirms that several references in court filings to, quote, the campaign supervisor refer to him. At one point, Papadopoulos emailed Clovis and other campaign officials about a March 2016 meeting he had in London with a professor who had introduced him to the Russian ambassador and a Russian woman he described as Vladimir Putin's niece. The group had talked about arranging a meeting, quote, between us and the Russian leadership to discuss U.S.-Russia ties under President Trump, Papadopoulos wrote. Papadopoulos later learned that the woman was not actually Putin's niece, and while he expected to meet the ambassador, he never showed. Clovis responded, though, to that email that he would, quote, work it through the campaign and said, quote, great work. Most tellingly, in August 2016, Clovis responded warmly to efforts by Papadopoulos to organize an off-the-record meeting with top Russians. He said, quote, I would encourage you and another foreign policy advisor to the campaign to, quote, make the trip if it is feasible. Clovis has said he always vigorously opposed any Russia trip. His lawyer now says that his response to Papadopoulos, which again came out because of court filings, was just the kind of courtesy that you'd expect from, quote, a polite gentleman from Iowa. 
But there are so many questions. In fact, yesterday raised far more questions than it answered about what Trump knew and when he knew it. There are a lot of gaps in the timeline. Right now, the most pressing question is, will Trump stand by Clovis now that he's in the hot seat? Will the Republican Senate confirm Clovis to this government job? And what is Mueller's next move? That's the big idea. Here are three other headlines that should be on your radar. Number one, Facebook will tell lawmakers today that 126 million users may have seen content produced and circulated by Russian operatives during the 2016 election. That's many times more than the 10 million users the company has previously claimed saw the material. Several independent researchers say Facebook likely has the ability to search for data that could substantiate allegations of possible collusion between the Russians and the Trump campaign, but they won't do so. Other tech giants are facing mounting pressure to investigate the Russian operation on their own servers and reveal their findings to the public. Google also acknowledged for the first time yesterday that its platform was compromised by Russian trolls. And Twitter plans to tell lawmakers in a hearing later today that it found over 2,700 accounts and more than 36,000 bots controlled by Russian operatives. Number two. A federal judge in Washington blocked the Trump administration's proposed transgender military ban yesterday. The move is another legal setback for the president, who announced the proposal in a series of tweets in July that reversed an Obama administration decision to allow transgender service members to serve openly. The judge stated in a very strongly worded opinion that Trump's policy, quote, does not appear to be supported by any facts. She also said that the ban would likely be declared unconstitutional. The injunction remains in place until the lawsuit is resolved or a higher judge lifts it. Number three, Republican lawmakers are considering gradually lowering the corporate tax rate to 20% over the course of five years. An immediate corporate cut to 20% was estimated to cost $1.6 trillion over a decade, but it would be much cheaper for the Treasury if it was phased in. The move would, however, delay the economic benefits Trump claims he'd get from such cuts. The Ways and Means panel on the House side plans to release the text of its bill on Wednesday, ending a very secretive drafting process that has had corporate lobbyists on edge. And that's The Daily 202 for Tuesday, October 31st. You can read much more, including my 10 takeaways from Bob Mueller's indictments in my 202 newsletter at WashingtonPost.com slash Daily 202. Thanks so much for listening. As always, I'm James Holman, and I'll talk to you tomorrow.